0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: You know, I'm slowly buying into this whole group stage idea for the return of the NBA. Plus... The Celtics hit rock bottom in 2006. It's the Thursday Locked On Celtics. Billy,
1: let's go. Rain and Jay's back with the back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the rules
0: John Corrales here from MassLive.com welcoming you back to another Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. You're still doing it. We're still pumping out the podcasts, and you're still listening to them. That's awesome. I'm happy about that. Appreciate all the five-star ratings and good written reviews. This show is sponsored by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get $10 off your first order, and you should do it this week because in a few days, the special for five bucks off each box of protein bars, that's going to run out. So double up, get five bucks off each box, and use the promo code locked on for 10 bucks off your first order. In a little bit, we'll continue the discussion of the 2000s. We're slowly going through the 2000s because coming up next week, uh, we're going to really dive into the meat of the 2007-2008 championship season. Like I said yesterday, uh, Mike and Chuck and I spoke for three hours on Monday. You've only gotten a little taste of, of, of that discussion. We're going to continue a very extended discussion through the championship season. So stick around for that. Make sure you're subscribed for that. going to start with a little bit of the news in this first segment because people have been talking about the uh, group stage idea. And how the NBA might return. And, you know, I was talking to Jake Madison on the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. And, I, you know, I was like, I'm not sure about them coming back in too different uh, a form. You know what I mean? Like, they uh, could really hurt the product if they get too far away from the norm. And so I wasn't sure about the idea, but then I, you know, read uh, Kevin O'Connor's piece on the Ringer. I listened to Zach Lowe and Adrian Wojnarowski. I listened to Kevin O'Connor on the Ringer podcast. I listened to them kind of break it down. Uh I read Dan Greenberg on Barstool kind of broke it down a little bit. Been reading a lot, listening to a lot, and I'm really starting to buy into it. I'm buying into this whole idea of a group stage type of format. And now I've been saying for a while that I feel like somewhere around 20 teams is going to be the number. So it was great to hear Zach Lowe say that he feels like 20 is the number. Because I've been saying that, I think, for a while. A lot of people have been saying that for a while. I don't think all 30 teams coming back is going to be the way to go. So coming back with 20 teams, you have to figure out a way, how do you give those teams enough of a chance? How do you give those four remaining teams that aren't playoff teams yet, how do you give them a real chance at making the playoffs? Well, what you do is give them, make it the playoffs. Make make the first round of the playoffs this sort of combined end-of-season playoff hybrid, which you do through the group stage. You do five stages or four stages with... Uh, five teams each, twenty teams. You set it up where the the top four teams in the in the league each have their they're at the top of each stage, and you know you've got your second tier teams and they go into into that stage. You throw in a couple of lower mid tier teams, your you know four, five, six seed type teams, and then at the end you put in your seventh, eighth seed type teams, and you play two games each, or whatever the games, however many games you need to play, three games each, however many it is that they decide that they want to do. And then, in the end, you take the top two teams in each group. And so, what you have is a combined first-round slash end-of-season where teams like Portland where Damian Lillard said he's not going to play unless it means something, well, this would make it mean something because you have an opportunity. If you win, you rack up the points. And if I don't know if they would do it. I guess they would do it by points. That's how you do group stages, much like the World Cup. And however you format it, you give them the opportunity to play however many number of games and earn their way in. Now, it would hurt a little bit the top seeds, Milwaukee and L.A., the Lakers may not be all in on this idea because they want the walkover in the first round, more so Milwaukee. They want Orlando in the first round so they can trounce them. Uh, so they would not be so inclined to go with a group that may include multiple good teams. And the way Kevin O'Connor, he just did a random draw. So, in his group one, you know, you have your tier one, two, three, four, five teams. In his tweet teasing his story, he put this the, the graphic up Bucks, Jazz, Sixers, Grizzlies, Blazers. Now, that's a much harder road for the Bucks, but you're the Milwaukee Bucks. You're the top seed in the NBA. You shouldn't fear having to go through those teams. You shouldn't fear having to win a few of those games. If you're the Bucks and you can't beat, Utah which would be problematic anyway let's this is just all for example this is, would not be the actual group probably not Philly you should be able to beat Philly regardless you should be able to beat the grizzlies you should be able to beat the blazers you're the Milwaukee Bucks you're the best team in the NBA that should be okay the lakers may not be so keen on facing the heat rocket magic and pelicans you know especially if zion has you know whatever some some massive incredible Series, but he, he's still a rookie. Like there, there's still going to be some level of you know being able to take advantage of the mistakes that he makes, um, and he does make mistakes out there. So even so, it's going to be harder for the Lakers uh, in that group. But whatever for the Celtics, meanwhile, in this hypothetical situation, it actually benefits them because in the regular setup, they'd play the Sixers. And if they recede and go one through 16, they'd still end up playing the Sixers. So even if they're in the same group as the Sixers, you face them twice. You don't have to play a series. And the Celtics, you you've seen them all season long before this shutdown play really, really well against good teams. They've beaten the Raptors. They've beaten uh, the Mavericks. They they've beaten teams, good teams that they would face And having to play each one twice gets them out of a situation where they would play the Sixers and have a bad first round matchup. So, the Celtics, again, even if they play the Sixers and lose twice, they still have the opportunity to win games, two games each, against four other teams. So, they could go, I mean, I'm not gonna say they're gonna go eight and two, but they can go seven and three. And if you take the top two teams out of each group, you have eight teams left. And that's essentially the second round of the playoffs. That is, that's good. I, I, I'm i buying, I'm buying this idea. Now, I don't know if the league, the, the owners are going to buy this idea. I don't know if every front office is going to buy this idea. Um, I've been convinced that this is good, even though I still have a little bit of skepticism because... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. Mostly because it's different. It's it's just not what we're used to. But it is better than that one through sixteen reseeding of everything. I don't like that quite as much. I'd rather do this. If you're going to mix it up, I'd rather just do this. So this gives the teams that are out of it that are still fighting for that eighth seed. This gives them an opportunity to prove themselves. Maybe one or two of them does get in. Who knows? Uh, maybe. Maybe there is a crazy upset. Maybe the Bucks aren't as good as we think they are, uh, or if if somebody gets hurt, you know, you could argue that if Giannis got hurt in the first round of the playoffs, the Bucks could still beat Orlando. But if Giannis gets hurt hurt in the first game or two of a group stage, the Bucks would have trouble against the Sixers and Blazers and Jazz. The uh, Jazz may not be a great example because they're they're hurt, um, but regardless. There is an argument to be made against it, and it's it's probably by the, the more top-tier teams. But in all honesty, I think the league, this might be a place where the league says, you know what, this is going to be the most fun option. And really, imagine 10 games coming back, at least 10 games, When you return to NBA basketball. Now this doesn't include exhibitions. There would have to be exhibition games. Like they can't just jump into the group stage. There would still have to be exhibition games. Like a four or five game exhibition slate. I think that's still necessary to get guys into shape. But once that happens. Imagine having ten games. Instead of a seven game series. Where you might have four or five or six. Imagine having ten games. Where they all mean something. So. In this hypothetical situation, it's Celtics, Raptors, Thunder, Mavericks, Spurs. Each one of those matchups is a game where you're like, whoa. Like, there's 10 playoff games that are happening here. And then the top eight teams come out, you reseed them, and you go to play a non-traditional, even though it's more something we're used to, type of playoffs. Is anything here going to be perfect? No. Nothing's going to be perfect. There's no... 100% universal answer because this is a unique situation but without the travel being an issue all of the teams being in one place, this type of thing that may not be possible in any other season considering the uniqueness of where we are and what the league is trying to accomplish and the ratings boost I'm convinced that of all the options of all the imperfect options this this might be the best of them i think this might be the best of them so we'll see how the league goes i mean all all week they're they're having these discussions by the time you listen to this there might be new news this might be rendered obsolete or this may be this the system for all we know by the time you listen to this so much uncertainty but i i think i'm in on this i think i'm in on this because after this the second round of the playoffs and beyond it, it just becomes normal series, just re You're not having East versus West. It just becomes a normal seated series thing. So, I like it. The other thing I like is Built Bar. I like Built Bar. I, I've enjoyed those protein bars. They are delicious. They are covered in chocolate, and there are a ton of flavors. I went through the box. They sent us all on the Lockdown Network. They sent us all a free box because they wanted us to eat it so we could have something to talk about. And I liked it enough where I just ordered two more boxes of peanut butter, protein bars, and an assorted box because they have a bunch of new flavors coming out. And I did it using the promo code LOCKEDON. I got $10 off my first order. That's my first order. I also got 5 bucks off each box because they're, they're having a sale all week long. So you should do that too. If you want to get these built Bars, try them out. You should do it now because you're going to get five bucks off these for each box you buy, and ten dollars off your first order with the promo code Locked On. Go to BuiltBar.com. Check out the the label. Check out their nutrition facts. They've even put them up against competition. That's how much they believe in the product. So you can try having a Cliff Bar. You can try having one of the, one of those other things. What you're going to end up getting is more calories than you want, more sugar than you want, more carbs than you want. When you get a Built Bar. It's the protein, which is going to be 15 to 20 grams of protein or so. You're going to get everything that's under 200 calories. You're not going to get the extra sugar. You're not going to get the extra carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. When we return, the 2000s in the
1: 2006 NBA Draft. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The 2006 draft, he did take some steps, Ainge, took some steps to, again, get better positioned for the eventual KG trade. He got a few assets and he got an important point guard.
0: He did. So let's, let's wrap up the 2006 season. The, uh, I just want to mention, this is the final season with red our back. Um, uh, and they established the red our back award. Paul Pierce wins it for the first time, 2006. Uh, it, it's just, this is symbolic because, uh, as we get through this draft, we lose Red Arback. So Pierce winning the first ever Red Arback award is his first chance to, to get that, get it from Red. So that's an important thing. 2006, now the, the draft then happens, and the Boston Celtics get, get two key pieces uh, for their future, one much more so than the other. They get Rajon Rondo in a draft night trade with Phoenix, uh, they get, um, Randy Foy. They select Randy Foy with the seventh pick. Um, they send him out. We're, oh, wait, no.
3: Yeah, there was some, they yeah. were selecting for somebody there, right? Yes,
0: yeah, so they, yeah. that that's a different trade. I'm sorry. So they send their first round pick to Phoenix for Rajan Rondo and Brian Grant. And I was going to figure out exactly what this trade was. I had it just now and I lost it. But anyway, draft night trade, uh, they target Rajon Rondo and, and they get him in 2006. And then in, in the draft, the, um, the second round of the draft, they get Leon Poe.
2: So that was the important point guard. And a piece, Leon, he was a piece of the 2008 championship team. If I remember right, uh, Rondo was selected by Phoenix, and then they just didn't want to sign him. And they just sort of – I don't know why they even bothered to make him pick.
3: No, I Uh, thought he was selected for Boston. I thought it was one of those deals where they had the trade in place.
2: Yeah, see, I – Well, that's that's why I'm asking. I don't know if I'm remembering. I think
0: so – it says Boston acquired the draft rights for Rondo, Brian Grant, and cash considerations from Phoenix in exchange for a 2007 first round draft pick. Okay. So, so I, I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to kind of piece it together. The, they, they, it wasn't a draft night. It was a draft night trade. Yeah. But it wasn't the, it wasn't a straight like we're going to select this guy for you the the other draft night trade uh they they traded they got the picks from the 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 rights to leon poe from denver and then they sent randy foy they they traded randy foy
3: somewhere they did so so it was dickyle foy la to portland for theo ratliff and sebastian telfair that's the deal. Uh, that's the deal. Jeez. So that 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 was a draft night trade. So they were, they ended up selecting Foy for Portland um and then moving and that's the infamous Theo Ratliff contract and then the Sebastian Telfair era begins um
2: <laughs> in Boston. So that that's a big move. Um wow. Okay. Telf Telfair started that opening night. He was a starter. Rajon Rondo was on the bench. As a rookie.
0: That's right. That's right. I remember Telfair, Bassey, Bassi Telfair. Yeah. It was, yeah. who was like, he, people don't remember Sebastian Telfair. He was a very, very highly touted prospect out of New York that just flamed out. Like he, yeah. He was going to be like the next generation of great New York point guards. He was going to be in that mix And he just never, never materialized.
3: So more players in and out, (laughs) big big trades. So they get rid of the friends, but then they take on Ratliff's contract. And he had a couple of years. I remember counting down and counting down his contract. And that was always viewed as an asset um, or as a piece um, to kind of make salaries match. But He,
2: he was even referred to as Theo Expiring contract, yes. Ratliff. That's yes.
3: Right, that's right. The contract, right. yes. Uh, okay, so that's so this draft sees Rondo, Telfair, lots more bodies come in. Um, wow, lots going on.
0: A lot, a lot's going on in this draft. Now the Celtics have gone into full teardown mode. Okay, now they in so that's the draft. They're they're bringing in like they're making trades like it's 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 nothing there there's nothing really going on this season other than uh, the Celtics sucking uh, now October twenty eighth Red R back dies at eighty nine years old this is uh, I remember this this was just even though we had seen Red uh, when I mentioned the award that the Red Arback award that Pierce got, I remember looking at Red and just thinking he just doesn't look good. Uh, yeah. And, you know, but... For the first time, for the first time, the Celtics do not have Red Arback involved with the team somehow. Even with Rick Pitino taking his title and everything, Red was around. Like, Red, Red kind of kept connections to the team. You know, Pierce talks about even smelling the cigar when when Red w- was around like you could you could tell once you walk in the locker room that Red's hanging around here somewhere so it's not like Red wasn't involved with the team but this is this is the first season like the last season that Red Arback saw was that crappy 2005-2006 <laughs> season
3: like that's it <laughs> deserved <that's> better that's <laughs> not fair that's not
0: fair
2: yeah. at all yeah uh, that was one thing to regret in 08 that red wasn't there to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. I mean, in in a storybook in the storybook, he, he would be around to see like one last or at least a good team. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't to be so 2006, 2007 is most notable. I think for like, it, it just injuries. Like Paul Pierce had a stress reaction, 2006, 2007, so he he barely played. What did he play? He played forty seven games that season, uh, and then that season was also when Tony Allen. So Paul Pierce goes down, and Tony Allen I remember is having himself like the greatest stretch. I'm gonna call up his his 2006 2000 game log, 2007 game log because Paul Pierce goes down, and then. He goes nuts. Uh, here's December 29th. Starting December 29th, Tony Allen out of nowhere is well, actually, it goes before that. He has a stretch of, let's see, like 13, 14 games where it's, he's, he's scoring double figures. But this stretch starting from December, December 29th, 2006, 20.7 rebounds, 23.6 rebounds. Uh, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 3 steals, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 20 points, 6 assists, 21 points, 9, 9 rebounds, 7 steals against the Orlando Magic, 19 points, 5 steals, 3 assists against Indiana. And then what does he do against Indiana in that game? I remember
3: this vividly. So do I. I think we were
0: together.
2: Yeah.
3: We might have been. I feel like we were. I feel like we were watching the game together at work or something. I remember. Maybe- yeah, we might have been.
0: We might have been. I remember. I just remember seeing whistle blows. He's somewhere around the free throw line. He takes a a dribble, goes up for it, and after the foul, just like the the, the ball is dead, a foul is being called, and he takes one dribble down the lane, goes up for a dunk. Pins himself against the rim, does not dunk it, comes down awkwardly, and tears his ACL and MCL on a dumb, after the whistle dunk attempt. That was just horrifying to watch. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about
2: the competition?
0: Follow us on our social channels at LOCeltics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. One of the most useful apps that I've downloaded recently is the Blinkist app because it's hard to sit down and find time to read. Whether you're busy or maybe you just want to be outside in the sunshine now that the weather is great and you want to walk around and get some exercise, maybe you just don't have enough free time to work on your personal development and read a book. Well, Blinkist solves that problem. It's really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser, and it gets the best key takeaways, all the information you need to know from thousands of nonfiction books. It boils them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to, so you can put it on while you're working out. You can put it on while you're going to work, if you're driving to work. If you're driving somewhere, going to see the family or friends or a place that's open, put on the audio feature, And you can get a 15-minute breakdown of the books that you've been dying to read and help you go through your goals of self-improvement. Successful people, business leaders, we know that they read a lot of books. You can too. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. And its massive growing library helps you from self-help, business health, history books. They've even got the latest titles from bestseller lists and classic nonfiction titles you've always meant to read but you've never had time to. Like I've told you guys before, I downloaded Blinkist for my long drives, and I have family down in Rhode Island. I live up in Boston. I drive for 45 minutes. I can do three books on my way to see my family get the key points all boiled down through the Blinkist app. Very easy. It's not like a book on tape where you're spending days listening to that thing. You can get all the key points through Blinkist. And with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA.
2: That probably summed up the whole season because it was just one disaster after another. Not just injuries, but uh, trade rumors and losing streak and being unhappy. And it was a nightmare season. That Pierce uh, injury, he missed. He missed 24 games, and roughly that was at the same period where they had a stretch where they went two and 25. Mm. <laughs> they had an, the, an 18 game losing streak. It was it was just it was horrible. Well, you had I, to think they were cursed at that point.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, John read through the numbers. Allen literally exploded, right? So there was like that stretch where we were. So you're going through a tough season. You're not winning, and you're looking for that silver lining, uh, especially on a young team. And it's like, wow, Tony's he's found his groove. We found our next great young player. Yeah, it's premature, you know. But you know, you're you you need something. You're starving. Sure. And then you're so you're clinging to that. And then, like Mike said, when he goes down in that fashion, I think you just can't help but think, holy shit. We feel cursed. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just such a turn. And then my recollection is that they shut Pierce down for a lot. I know that they were losing and there was really no need to bring him back. Um, and I'm not sure if he did come back for some games at the end, but it seemed like his injury was more why, why play him? Right. That, that that's what I recall i mean they knew that it was a lost season so why play him um but and just play. an angle for a draft pick he did come back he did come back right he did yeah. come back and
0: then they shut him down um he did come back and they they went on like a little bit of a winning streak for a little while I see a four game winning streak in there uh they they were still losing they were still not good. But he did come back and, and play. And then, you know, they, he still had like injuries here and there. So they, they ultimately just shut him down. But he, he came back from the injury and was, was playing well. I mean, they, they had, they beat, they beat San Antonio in San Antonio, had 30 points in that game. He had a stretch here with 30 points, 28, 23, 30, 23, 32, played 53 minutes uh, against Orlando, had 32 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and then didn't dress. He was done for the season.
3: Yeah, because – so they would they, they just – I mean, when you look at – when they finished with 24 wins, and I was thinking um, – how, how how did that rank with the with the remainder of the teams? And they had the second. It was the second worst record.
0: Second-worst, yeah,
3: yeah. So they were right there. Um. So it became, you know, it essentially became a tank job. Worst team in East.
2: Yep. Uh, they also had to deal with um, there were chants of fire doc in the garden. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I
0: remember that. that.
2: Right? I remember that. Yeah. And then the, this whole bad season left Pierce unhappy this is when he was interviewed and he had the quote that said uh it's another year I don't get recognized for the things I do I'm the classic case of a great player on a bad team and it stinks now he was frustrated and he was expressing his true feelings but it didn't go over too well as you might remember um you know I who can blame the guy if he was going to stick around, he wanted to see something happen that was positive and absolutely nothing positive happened in this season.
3: Nothing, nothing. No. And it was, it was while Ainge is trying to accumulate assets, they're, they're, they're not even treading water; they're sinking with, you know, the injury to, to Allen, And it's just like, you know, how does he feel like they're building or they're heading in the right direction? It's almost though they're, they're slowly going backwards. He must feel like, I'm in the midst of a brutal teardown. You know, he's approaching thirty. I mean, that's the time when players players move on. I don't I don't fault him. I mean, he could have phrased it a little bit differently, but I, I maybe I could have. If we dig up an old Reds Army blog from 2007,
2: I may have blasted him. You you blasted him. I bet
3: <laughs> older, wiser Chuck um, now can 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 understand his positioning. <laughs>
2: Let me tell you, um, if I could, let me tell you one quick story about that season. Probably the only time I was happy all season. Uh, They had lost 18 in a row, right? And my wife and I took a vacation. We went on a cruise to the Caribbean. And it's February 14th, Valentine's Day. We're on the ship, and it's in the evening. And I'm walking around, and there's a cigar bar on the boat. And I go in. I say, let me just look in here. I go in and they have a TV and they're showing the Celtics game. I'm out in the (laughs) middle of the ocean. Nice. I say, I go back outside. Hey, Bonnie, the Celtic game's on the TV. Uh, do you mind if I stay here for a while? No, go ahead. She didn't care. And uh, nice, I, was, they,
3: I was
0: expecting a dirty look.
2: Being <laughs> romantic that I am, you know, it's <laughs> Valentine's Day, and I dumped my wife to go watch a team on an 18 game losing streak. This is how deranged I am. <laughs> <That is awesome. laughs> and they win. They win that night. Pierce played a great game and they won by twenty. And I was happy. The end of the story. End
0: of the story. And <laughs> um the <laughs> So that's the only good thing that happened that season. That is. All right, at this point, things the worst of it is over. The worst is over. You know what's coming next. But before we get to the championship, before we get to the redemption of Paul Pierce and and KG and all of that, we have a little matter of the 2007 NBA draft and draft lottery, which will be tomorrow's show. Greg Oden, Kevin Durant, the fifth pick, the disaster of that moment. Now, in hindsight, we can look at that and go, oh, that was funny. We thought we were screwed. But in that moment, we thought we were screwed. Uh, and it's, it's not a, a bright spot. All of a sudden, after the worst Celtics season in history, it felt like it was all for nothing. And that will be discussed tomorrow on the Locked On Celtics podcast. So please subscribe to get that discussion and many, many more as we continue our historical run through the entire timeline of the Boston Celtics. You should start from the beginning if you've missed any of these shows. From 1950, the hiring of Red Arback, all the way up until now, we're going through it all. Picking it apart, dissecting it letting you know all the things that you may have missed as a Celtics fan. So subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. If you have a five-star rating and a good written review to help support the hard work of all of us here who are putting together the Locked On Celtics podcast on a daily basis, I would really, really appreciate that. Also, would appreciate you going to BuiltBar.com, buying yourself a box of the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Use the promo code On for $10 off your first order thanks for listening to the locked on celtics podcast part of the locked on podcast network
2: rejecting the screen has been retweeted by kobe dame lillard and vince carter so it's fair to say you should give it a shot i'm noah kozlov
3: and i'm adam stanko rejecting the screen hits your feed every tuesday and thursday on tuesday